0: morning church family welcome to another sunday recap podcast i am jason smith here with david wajnicki yes that's my name how are you doing today i'm doing
1: good i'm yeah. doing good yeah it was uh, a busy weekend for us uh, one of our daughters our youngest was in uh, uh the performance of elf and so okay they, they oh. six shows so god bless my wife she was down there helping out so uh yeah well, that's fun yeah. what that's about you guys how's your weekend uh it was pretty good. Yeah. It was
0: it was nothing spectacular. Uh a couple kids getting over sickness. Yeah, that's true, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh but no, it was a good weekend. Um so yeah. Yeah. Well, um we made it through another Sunday.
1: We did, we did. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it was uh good Sunday yesterday. It was. Uh you know, one thing we did in yesterday's service was baptisms.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I want to ask you, for those who are new to the church, I know there's some different views on baptism. Mm. Mm. What is our view as a church? On yeah,
1: baptism. it's really interesting the last two weeks, right? We did, uh, we had membership um, yeah. Yeah. The, the week before that. We welcomed in some new members, and then we did baptisms here on Sunday mornings. And, you know, when we think about baptism as a church, we, we try as best we can to look at what God's Word says on that. And we see baptism as something that God's Word teaches. First, Jesus coming and saying, you know, Go, therefore, make disciples right. of, of all the nations, right. baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then later on, we see Paul expanding upon this idea of, of baptism in Romans, talking about how we die with Christ. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, just as in baptism, you know, we go under the water, representing the death we've died with Christ. Yeah. And then coming up out of the water, just as Christ raised from the dead, so too we raise to newness of life. Now, with that said, you said it so perfectly yesterday, we don't believe that baptism saves you. We believe that it is an external sign of an yes. inward work that God has done with us. So, like Paul says, we've died with Christ, mm-hmm. and so when we are baptized, it's this public profession, it's this thing that we're we're doing that symbolizes that we, we connect with Christ in His death, and so too we connect with him in his yes. in his resurrection, and uh, and so there are some there are some different viewpoints within Christianity yep. as far yep. as uh, even when you know you baptize someone, um, some people see it as a continuation of the sign of circumcision. Mm-hmm. You know, so we don't have mm-hmm. to uh, circumcise anymore, but instead baptism is that sign that you've entered into the covenant yeah. community yeah. and so that's not something that we we practice we understand where they where right. they, where they get that but um don't see that explicitly taught but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say to people I, I don't understand where where you come from you know in that but we try to take it at the simple understanding of what god's word says is so uh, you're well that's what we like to do it in a public way we do a couple of things can i just yeah you know, please this, yeah that some people might not know um we've taken the stance here at the church that we um We enjoy being able to have people do it on Sunday mornings as a public profession um, to the entire congregation. We don't believe that it has to be done in that way. Um, Typically, one of us, the pastor and elder, is in the water with the people when Mm -hmm. they do that, and that's because it's part of worship on Sunday mornings. But we also don't believe that you have to be baptized by somebody who is a pastor or an elder. In fact, we will at times have people in the water with the person that's being baptized who's had an impact on their life and discipling them or leading them to Christ um, because we believe that that's a great symbol that God uses more than just us uh, in in that process. But when it comes to being baptized on Sunday morning as part of our worship service, there's usually uh, an elder that's there in the water with the person doing the baptism. And we just do that because of, you know, we just believe we're called to a stewardship of what right. happens here on right. Sunday mornings because we're speaking to the, the entire church family.
0: So, nice. Yeah, great. She yeah. yeah. you did a great thanks.
1: job. I, you know, I just well, laid it out there. So, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Well, yesterday we continued in Luke yeah. chapter 2. Um, yeah. Continuing with the Christmas story before. Yeah. One thing that's nice about it, since we're not in December, is that i think separating it from the actual christmas holidays per se i think it helps prepare in our hearts too
1: i think it does to see
0: yeah from 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 as you're explaining hey here's what scripture actually says and then to be able to separate those two so what stood out to you as you prepared for it
1: yeah, no, I appreciate you saying that because it really has been something for me as I've been walking through it. It's kind of like refreshing to me. I get mm. a little bit excited. It's not as though I couldn't have preached these messages. I've preached this passage before. I've done it yeah. on Christmas Eve. Yeah. I've done it at the lead up. But but in the flow and in the context of how it actually is presented in God's Word, it's a different kind of a thing. And yeah. so taking the time to, to bring in a little bit more of the historicity yeah. of <laughs> yes. it. You were never joking about that word earlier. Um you know, bringing in some of the cultural context, mm. that's been enjoyable for yeah. for me to set it in that time and place. And I think, for myself, I'm going to be looking at Christmas differently. Yeah. Uh, just as, as the lead up to it, as, as we celebrate it, kind of the, uh, what I'm praying is that the, the images of it removed from the nativity scenes mm. will really, mm. really hit us. And so, um, you know, just kind of taking God's word, you know, as it is. But so I guess yeah, and, that's and we
0: had our connections group last night, and that yeah. was kind of the, the feedback. that they're The same thing. They're appreciating it to be able to see it from a different view as they, they go into it. Yeah. Yeah, so.
1: yeah, you know, one of the things, and I know we had a question that come in we'll get to in just a moment, but one of the things that stood out to me in this is, you know, looking at the shepherds. All right, listen. Um, Luke just kind of states the things as he heard it, right? He's saying, remember, well, let's go back to the very beginning. He says to, he's like, inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, um, of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me to give you an account, he's saying to Theophilus, right? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, so Luke mm-hmm. is doing his best here to just say, I've heard from my witnesses, this is what they're saying took place, right? And when it comes to the shepherds, he doesn't talk about their character at all, right? Uh, what I mean by that is he doesn't say they were despised in society right, and all right, those things. Right. There's a lot of stuff that afterwards we've tried to, to bring back to understand the text. Yep. And something I tried to throw out yesterday, you know, by showing the map, you know, Bethlehem is close to Jerusalem, trying to set shepherds saying, you know, Moses and David. You know, a lot of people look, they said, you know, all oh, the society looked down upon the shepherds. They were the, the outcasts of society. I don't know. It would be like, you know, it'd be like one of our presidents, you know, looking down upon an occupation that they had before they came, became president or something. You know, it's like Moses and David were huge historical figures. And so I think we can overplay the lowliness of the shepherds, the outcast nature of the shepherds. When there could also be, as I said, another reason why the angel came to the shepherds. And that is, when people came to Jerusalem, and they were looking to make sacrifices, they needed to purchase yeah. animals. Yeah. How did? Where did they get the animals from? You know, these guys might have been the wholesalers. So maybe they brought their sheep to Jerusalem, and then they sold it to the people in Jerusalem, and then they sold it to other people. Um, you know, that's a little bit of inference, conjecture. But, but we know, like, there was an economy that was built around what they did. So... So I think just taking a step back and not saying too much about the shepherds, yeah, yeah. but not saying too little about them—that's something that's. Yeah, and,
0: out and I appreciate you uh, addressing Moses and David. Actually, I wrote that down while you were talking, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you picked up on it anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. are you yeah. looking at my notes? No, no, no. Um, Yeah, and so you mentioned that someone had sent us a question. By the way, if you have a question from the sermon that you would like to uh, that you'd like to share and ask, yeah. Um, the email is questions, that's with an S, questions at vccc.org, questions at vccc.org. Mm-hmm. So here's a question. Yeah. It said, today's sermon is very needed as confusion grows in our world on who Jesus is. And Pastor David had mentioned that when the shepherds referred to God as Lord in verse 15, that it demonstrates the divinity of Christ as he is also referred to as Lord in verse 11. Mm-hmm. Great point. Although I have heard this rebuttal to that argument, that during those times, those who were considered superior were referred to as Lord, yeah. and that it does not mean divinity, mm-hmm. but it's just a title of respect. How can I respond to this? So yeah. how do you respond to that, Dave?
1: Yeah, this is a really good question, and, I, and I've and i gotten a lot of feedback on that already. I mean, we're just, you know, 24 hours. But I think we missed that, um, when we think about jesus and one of the big things is always what did jesus really believe himself to be god is that Mm. what he really really claimed then you come to a passage like this okay we have to understand a couple of things about the text when the angel comes the angel says for unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior who is christ the lord so he's given us the identity of the savior Now, it's that word Lord. What's he referring to? Is he just referring to that this one who comes will be your master, will be your superior? Is that what he's saying? Okay. Number one, the first title is very important. He will be called Christ. That is the anointed one of God, the one sent to save. Now, we know, and this is where you have to use, this is where it's like, you know, somebody can just give a one-line rebuttal, you know? Yes. It's like, but they, yes. Don't understand, they don't understand the entirety of the Bible. Yes. The idea of the Messiah coming had to be a divine appointment. Yes. Had, the one to save had to be divine, yeah. right? It, it just because to, to save the people, as the prophets talked about, would require a godlike figure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's kind of one. Number two, this is really important. The text tells us, and an angel of the... Lord, appeared to them. Now, Mm -hmm. who do we understand the Lord to be in that context? The master of the shepherds? No, the angel of the Lord was always identified Mm -hmm. with coming from who? Coming from God. So, Lord already in this text is clearly, and then it says, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Again, I didn't even get into that. Like, I could have just gone back and just, I'm I'm giving you more. Um, I cut it for time, like, the, the glory of the Lord. That's God's glory. Everything that Luke is saying, up, so before the angel says anything, Lord is used twice to refer to who? Mm. God mm. in the text. So then Luke says that here's the message of the angel. He is Christ the Lord. He's already told you twice when he's using Lord that it refers to God himself. Yes. So that's what it refers to here. And then if that weren't enough, as I pointed out, when they the shepherds understood where the angel came from. Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that the Lord has told us about. Well, it was the angel that spoke to them, but they, who do they understand the angel to be? The angel of the Lord, of, of the, Lord, the yes. angel of God. And so, it, yes, words are used in different ways, and there are sometimes in the New Testament where kurios, that's the word here for Lord, okay. is used to refer to somebody who's your master. Um, I think it's in First Peter. It talks about how Sarah viewed... Abraham as her Lord, right? Mm, so, master. Mm, but, mm, but context mm. drives that, right? It's right, clearly that right. she's not saying that Abraham's her God. But here, three times, mm-hmm. Lord is used to refer to God in this immediate context. And then, when the angel says that he's Christ the Lord, it's referring to his divinity. And so, for anybody that would come and say, you know, oh, no, 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 it's, you know, it, they're just, they just see Jesus as their master. You can't, they're not understanding the context of scripture. They're not understanding how words are used. And then just to use one more final point. Yes. I mentioned this in one of the services. So <laughs> one, hour, one hour to get it, but I'll say it here. Um, number one commandment is you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not worship any, any God. So so if God is anointing somebody as your master, mm. Jesus would later say, "Would later say mm. you can't serve both God and right. Mammon, right? right? You can't." So, so how could God elevate somebody over you as Lord when He's coming and saying, "I can only be your master"? Mm. So, mm. so that's just one more little thing where, yes, Jesus is divinity. Jesus is God in the flesh. Um, to be straightforward, I don't think I have ever heard, although when I look at commentaries, other people say what I say, I've never really heard anybody make that point as clearly as it's defined mm, right, right, right here in, right. in the text. But that's not just me coming up. Whenever I read the commentary, you know, people say that, so...
0: And as you're saying that, I'm grateful that we're doing this podcast because as you said a moment ago, you had to cut things because of time yeah and, yeah. and the struggle of a pastor, right? There's right. things that you want to share that you don't have time to share. and yeah. so yeah no thanks for just thanks for expanding on that and for answering that question yeah
1: yeah, yeah no and, and um, you know there's uh, time yesterday uh, precluded me from going into a little bit, you know more of you know they go to Bethlehem and they and they see him, but I do just want to emphasize one thing that I think is important for us to recognize about the shepherds. They were told about the baby being born in Bethlehem, Mm. but they were not commanded to go and see him. Mm. Mm. We have to sit on that. They were told about his birth, but they weren't told, go now and see this thing. But they choose to go. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge thing to see. Like when you hear the message of who that Christ is is the mm-hmm. Lord. The only proper response is, I, I got to go. I got to go. Yeah. I got to go yeah. to to him. And uh, we sometimes think, you know, they went because they were, you know, told to go, no, this was such great news for them. They're like, we got to see it. Mm-hmm. And then when it says that they reported what they had heard to Mary, you know, and it says, and she pondered these things in her heart. I think their presence, no doubt in my mind, was was not only were they being blessed by seeing the baby, Mm -hmm. but it was that blessing to Mary and to Joseph that everything that they had heard was a confirmation to to her. And we're going to get that as well when he goes to the temple next week uh, or in two weeks because you're preaching next week. Finally, (laughs) Lord willing. Lord willing. (laughs) willing, You'll get to preach that message that we we were Uh. looking forward to a few weeks ago. but we're going to see when Jesus goes to the temple, there's going to be more affirmation of, of who he is mm, when uh, Simeon and Anna speak. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Well, um, at the end, near the end of the podcast, I usually ask you a yeah. non-spiritual question. This one can be. It depends. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it's going to be. Question. Serious. Well, well, here's the thing. Uh, books. Yeah. Well, first, do you like to listen to books or to read books?
1: All right. So uh, I've started listening to a couple books. Um, I, I read more than I listen. Okay. Uh, we've had a couple of road trips, so so I've listened. So there's uh, there's actually two that I'm listening to right okay. now. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> hold on, I'm going to pull up my, yeah, my pull Audible up, because I want to get the I want to get the titles uh, right. One was uh, on um, Oppenheimer. Uh, the maker of the atomic bomb that is a slog that is a long book i am where am i at with it i still have 12 hours left and i think it was like (laughs) a 30 hour book to listen to so it's called uh, american prometheus um and it's just about his life and his brilliance and uh the creation of the atomic bomb and Mm. and the aftermath of that um uh interesting thing about the book um is that you look about you look at our society and some of the liberal thought that's in university and in colleges <laughs> today. Um, when you read this book, you see that all the way back in the early 1900s, these things were already in our universities. Like Oppenheimer was being impacted by, uh, you know, a worldview without God and, mm. and just kind of this liberal agenda. And this guy has, this guy's just doing his biography. He's not trying to make a point, <laughs> but, he, but you see how he was educated. So... That's one. And then the other one uh, is the book, Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes. Um, okay. I recommend that. Some of the thoughts that I've gotten here, uh, some of the, as we've been going through Luke, um, some of the source material, uh, I've been able to go back and look at it through this book. But Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes. Let me just encourage you. Um, I don't agree with everything this guy says. Okay. Um, I think it is a, it's a helpful book, but some of what he does is conjecture. And okay. uh, so, so those okay. are two things I'm, I'm listening to uh, right now. So uh, yeah. How about you? What, are you, what uh, are you? what are you reading, what are you listening to?
0: Yeah, well real quick, do you, you said you read more than listen. Do you prefer print or digital?
1: Do you have a preference between the two? Man, uh, I will do digital on a Kindle. Okay. I don't like reading it on my yeah, phone, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but I do still prefer, a, I find that I am able to focus yeah, more. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Call me old, you know. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, I'm and then also like you book. can write, Yeah.
0: and yeah. I've learned more and more to write myself notes. Back, yeah. uh, I like to read more, um, but and, and you know what? It's funny, I've learned that I can only if it's usually I can listen to fiction oh,
1: most yeah, sure. of the time, yeah.
0: nonfiction I have a hard time with okay. because I yeah. want to retain it, yeah. but uh, I can listen to biographies right now. I'm listening to John Madden's biography, which has been oh, really, yeah. really kind of neat. Um, uh, is that
1: the one by um, um...
0: this is Brian uh, Bruell, okay? Um and, and I was actually starting to listen to Tom Landry because of the Cowboys, but okay. that book is 28 hours long, so I put <laughs> it on hold. Goodness. Um, but the other book, I, I really enjoy reading worship books, so I, I don't, I, yeah. I, there's many of them that I would recommend to people to read that are just great. But the book I'm reading right now is. Um, by John Owen, The Nature, Power, Deceit, and uh, Prevalency of Indwelling Sin. Oh. And it's just a really good book. Yeah, it's just yeah. a good book. Yeah, John, John Owen, the
1: old Puritan. Yeah.
0: Great stuff on the Trinity. Love his work on the Trinity. That's yeah. where I first started reading his stuff and then so found this one. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that's and, good. That's, and, that's, that's good stuff.
0: stuff. So anyway. Yeah. Alright, well, awesome. thanks for joining me again on this no, Monday. God, God willing, fun. we'll see you next, next uh, week.
1: Next and, I, and I get to ask me you to ask ask me questions. questions so. I'm going to have to so. listen to your message on my way back from my trip to Arizona. So, yeah, funny enough, I'm going to be in Arizona next weekend because my nephew's getting baptized. So we're going to go there and support support them. Oh, that's great! Yeah, so it'll be sweet. Good.
0: Good. We hope you guys have a safe, good time. Yeah. thanks, Thanks. All right. Well, God bless. See you next week.